Hello, and welcome to Modern Homemakers. I'm Leah Parker, and I'm here with Donna Otto, and today we're talking about the table, the center of our universe and our homes and our families, and just a place of importance that we know we want to be intentional with our time, and we want to start today by listening to... It's called At the Table by Salah, but we're going to get an extra treat. Donna's going to start it off for us. Yes. You know, this is really something very, has been rather life-changing to me since the telephone and Spotify and music that you can punch around and say, I like that song. Could I listen to it again? So a few years ago, I decided, like I pick certain authors or I pick a certain Bible book or some verses or prayers that others have written, and I use them for a year. So I decided to choose a song. And this year, I've chosen this song that Leah just referred to, At This Table. Say whatever 
I think I'm glad that Spotify doesn't charge me for every time I listen. <laughs> when I'm learning a song, I probably listen to it 12 or 15 times over a half an hour period of time at this table. And we have done a number of things about the topic of table through the years of modern homemakers and homemakers by choice, the power of the table. And I am not very good at this, so I, when we're finished, I'm going to let Leah talk about the power of the table, which was an event we did, and it's available, and she can tell you how to get it. But there is a power to the table, and the statistics about the table are, are really uh, not good. Uh, it, it's been the death of the family dinner, and... I have the wonderful privilege of meeting with many young women here in Phoenix where I live. And one family in particular who, uh, she grew up in Southern California. Her parents uh, were not particularly interested in family lifestyle. They Everybody was cared for her. But she has taken this notion of family dinner. And let me just tell you that they have seven children uh, seven children. Three of them are married. One is a college. And then they have three littles who are 10, 7, and 5. So uh, they have a Sunday supper together, all of them. So I'd have to do the math to figure out how many people that actually is. They're seven plus three. They're at least 10 for sun. And, and people are invited. Like my husband and I are always welcome to Sunday supper. And when you get there, it's exactly what you can imagine with 10 people who know each other, have raised together. Now there's a grandchild. So there's a lot of motion and commotion. But the work falls on the couple, the father and the mother, the mother who is preparing food. I think the wives bring a salad or a little entree. So, But it isn't about the food. And now what we're talking about is families who rarely eat together. Meals come from takeout restaurants. They eat together in their rooms. I talked to someone about that who said during the COVID time, people were in their household were just not interested in food very much. I mean, we weren't out. We weren't doing nothing. And I suppose if you're watching TV and you want a pizza, you get a pizza. But if you are if you can't go and get a pizza, it's sort of distracting instead of encouraging. Um, children who tell me they don't eat dinner with their family one night a week, um, that the dinner time is not a time for coming together. And I say, okay, there are a lot of schedules that change. Maybe it's not dinner time. Maybe it's breakfast time. Maybe it's morning time before everybody heads out together. And I can clearly remember in our lifetime when my husband's uh, sister's children live with us. So we had four children and the two of us. And my husband said, very 
unilaterally. And believe me, there was a lot of teenage rebellion going on when he said it. We're all going to get up at the same hour and have breakfast before I go to work. And you could have heard their voices, but I don't have to get up for an hour later. It did not matter. David said it. Uncle David said it. Dad said it. And I look back on that, and it was, it grew. It was not a happy first week. I, oh, they were grumpy. And I remember one kid was literally just getting out of the bed who came to the table you know, kind of hot from sleep heat. And the other kid had a backpack ready to go, and so did David. But it grew. They they showed up because they had to show up. We agreed on that. And um, they talked. They would talk about, oh, and I have a test today. I don't think I'm ready for it. I can remember one of the kids the day after telling this story about something happened in school. And everybody was saying, Oh, no, oh, no. And David said, breakfast is over. We have got to go where we're all going. So it grew. A table brings us together. The table is a very powerful physicality. Uh, What I find very interesting, I'm a bit of a historian, in the Old Testament, when we see the children of Israel wandering around, not having their tabernacle, not having a place to worship, and Moses was called to build these pieces of uh, furniture to make a tabernacle, a place where they could put the bread and the wine, and that table was created using different terms than we use today, 27 inches high, which is the exact table that the majority, height that the majority of tables are. We also find it spreading around the country. I read an interesting article, or at least I thought I did, about uh, British uh, information saying that they're not buying tables in America, that percentage of tables is down in the last 10 years by 40%. And the increase of bedroom furniture and office furniture is up by 50 and 60%. So we're turning our eating spaces into office spaces. And of course, COVID required that uh, for all of us. Recently, a Time magazine reported on the state of the family meal. It was not good news. It turns out that the family meal, where everyone is at the table eating wholesome food, engaged face-to-face talk, is an endangered event in most American homes. It doesn't happen more than twice a week. Now, you are throwing up your arms and saying, what can I do about that? Well, I I think there are a lot of things you can do about it, but I want to remind you about the power of the table and the power of what happens. There's a marvelous quote about one sits in holiness and the table becomes an altar. I, I can tell you from firsthand experience that People around our tables through the years, and our family has been known for table events, um, will tell you that an amazing series of things happen when you're around the table. It can become the center of a universe. universe. In 2000, as we turned over to a new millennium, uh, the intentional family, um, which was written by a couple named Daugherty's, that they were reinventing family life in the 20th century, but never wrote a user's manual. They talked about things they wanted to do, eat, 
group tables, um, eat at a group table, eat meals together with a friend, do it with a Zoom meeting. Um, Stouffer's advertised family circles and gave promotions for buying their products. Time Magazine in 2006 did a whole business about dream dinners and several companies, dream dinner company, where women helped assemble dinners that working moms could just pick up. Uh, Willow Creek Church, which as the century changed, was one of the largest churches in the entire country, and they had begun a full-time program called Tables. There's a power in gathering around the table. Uh, Oftentimes you hear people talk about their first the first time they learned something, the first time they heard something. Listen for how many times that happened around a table, around a place that people were being hospitable. And I think it takes courage to build a home. It takes courage to say no to the culture. It takes courage to say yes to something that will be good for your family. In Deuteronomy, we're told that we are to be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid, for the Lord thy God is with thee. What he wills for you will not fail if we do not forsake it. And I go back to my husband. He was jamming with those kids, four teenagers, adolescents and teenagers, who did not want to get up earlier and have breakfast. But in the end, now these are teenagers of that day are in their 50s. They still talk about that. They still talk about that. Elizabeth Prentice said to us in a number of books that she wrote, If you could once make up your mind in the fear of God, never to undertake more work of any sort than you can carry on calmly and quietly without hurry and flurry, and the instant you feel yourself growing nervous and like one out of breath, you would find that this simple sense rule doing for you what no prayers or tears could ever accomplish. So I hear you saying to me, but you don't understand. We have things starting and stopping and and practices for every possible sport our family engages in. And I say, I understand that. But I think there's a way to make a time eating together at least one meal a day, and that's a high goal. Remember at homemakers, modern homemakers, we often say that we want you to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. We don't want you to stick yourself into the middle of rush and rush with them, or into the middle of a war and fight back, or into the middle of a culture that's saying, We don't have to sit around the table to be a a family that matters. And we talk for things when we were talking about home is holy ground, things that home is not. It's not a hotel. Uh, You're not the cleanup person. It's not a museum where we have untouchable things. It's not a restaurant where you're a full-time cook. But it is a place where we come together for nourishment of all sorts, nourishment of all sorts. We talk about home being holy ground, and we talk about this notion of table, the importance of family dinners. The National Center on Addiction and Substance Abuse, as well as other institutes, are showing that teens that eat 
frequently together with their families are less likely to smoke, to drink, to use illegal drugs, to have sex at young ages, to get into fights at school, and be suspended from school. Now, that's the importance of family dinners, that this opportunity that people have in sitting around a table and eating together, the dinner time was of more value to child development than playtime, school time, and story time combined. There is a power in the table and the fellowship with people, okay, I'm going to say with people who are loved ones, but I can tell you there are times when we come to the table we do not feel like love. We feel like fighting, and there's anger and um, disharmony. And I think putting together food at a table and stopping long enough to eat it together is something that will bring your family to the table, one, because they're hungry, and two, because you're putting things before them that um, nourish them both physically and emotionally. I have a good friend whose husband was a contractor, and they were always talking together because she helped him with some of the design. He was the builder, and they had a child who was an architect. So the three of them were always talking about ways to save square footage, ways to design um, homes that were fitted to families' needs. They were always talking about it. And one night we were at a dinner party together, and she said, her name was Judy, she said, I've got it. I've got a perfect solution. We're going to save a great deal of square footage on the next house we're going to build. And he said, well, what have you come up with? A great, well, how much square footage? Oh, as much as seven or 800 square feet. And everybody was ears by that time. And she said, we're not building a kitchen and I'll never cook again. And everybody died laughing. But I remember thinking about that as I've been thinking about the power of the table, that that is so easy to say. And yet we have homes with kitchens and modern conveniences that we're not using to cook in or to eat in. Does it matter where you eat? Do you have to eat in the kitchen? No. As a matter of fact, it's really fun to eat in various places. A card table set up on the patio, a card table set up in front of the fireplace when it's cold and wintry in your season. In our place, a card table set up by the pool when it's hot and people are pouring themselves into the pool to cool down. Uh, by wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. I was thinking a great deal about this table idea because of the communion we have just finished in this time of preparing our hearts for Easter and then the services that come during Easter week or Holy Week and the notion that Christ himself instituted a table experience by breaking bread and pouring wine with all of his disciples. And I know that I used that song as we began because it's my song for the year, but I love the words. There is no judgment. You can say whatever. Everyone is forgiven. And I have to tell you, because I've been meditating on this song and thinking about it, I couldn't get out of my mind the notion that at the first institution of Jesus' table, about 
three days before he was crucified, Judas sat at that table with all of the other disciples. Do you want to pause there for a moment? So often we come back to the very things that Christ taught us, taught us in his word, and taught us by the things he did. He didn't say, excuse me, Judas, because I know you're about to betray me. I'm not washing your feet. He didn't say, no, I will not break bread with you by passing judgment. The perfect gift we bring is providing a place where people can come. At church, it's the communion table. At home, I hope that it will be your table where you will take, eat, and remember what Jesus did as he hosted the first communion ever a few hours before he was crucified. Well, Leah, that's kind of a heavy way to end when I'm talking about all things table. Do you guys have table rituals at your house? I wouldn't say they're rituals. We do gather for dinner around the table each evening, and it is, I do serve more buffet style rather than plated, and so it's everybody gets the table, we do wait for each other to sit down, we say a prayer, we eat, we're moving into the time of life where our kids are cleaning the kitchen, but we have to monitor that said cleaning (laughs) or it doesn't get done very well, so... I guess that is a ritual, but it's not something that's very um, formal, I would say. I think people sometimes ritual feels formal. Yeah, I think you're right. I wonder what the word would be, maybe a habit, a habit forming that is evolving. That's a great point because when they're little... Haven't help us. It's hard to hard to <laughs> hard keep to get them, them to quiet and, and quiet to get yeah. to eat. Yeah, exactly. And now you have adolescents who are cleaning up. Do you find there's table conversation at your tables at night? Yes, it's typically wrapping up the day or what we're doing tomorrow. Or it's, I mean, they that's where they like to talk to us. Mm-hmm. So it, we do get that time of just a check in of what everybody's doing. And some nights it's. A leisurely dinner at the table. Some nights it's 10 minutes and go. We have to go. We have other things to do. (laughs) I remember a woman who I talked to about the table and she said the first person she had to work on was herself. And I said, what does that mean? And she said, well, I've prepared the food and I've gotten it on the table and I just want to say, okay, now eat it and leave me alone. And I thought, (laughs) I understand that. So I suppose we set set the tone Mm -hmm. um, as parents. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about these lessons about At the Table, you can go to our website and look under News and Events and find the Power of the Table highlights. There's a series of videos on Power of the Table, and if you like the highlights, we would encourage you to go watch the videos as well. Um, And always, we leave the resources in the description of these podcasts. So if you're accessing the website, look at the description and there'll be a link in there for you. And if you would like to keep in touch with us, which we would love to be able to keep in touch with you, if you go to the website under contact and enter your email address, we can send you information quarterly or semi-annually it's it's not a consistent but we would love to reach out to you yeah we don't do it every day we don't do it every day you won't see something from us you will not be overwhelmed by the information so we are modern homemakers remember the common begin and the uncommon finish go out and make your day uncommon by remembering the power and gathering around the table